Well, welcome to Grace Church this morning. Um, isn't that a hard way to start the message? But we're going to hit some of the important issues today that, that get us in our deeper heart issues. I want to ask some questions as we begin. Why can money issues drag us down so often in life? Why is that? Why do we bring money issues with us wherever we go? Why would this dude that was just given 10 donuts not be willing to part with just one donut? Was he ungrateful? Was he selfish? Was he just really, really hungry? Did he feel pressured? So in this little mini-series that we're doing, we've been talking about how to grow stronger in different areas of our life. And, and the good plans that God has for us in our life for the future. But it's hard sometimes when you think about the future when the present is weighing you down pretty heavily. I'd like to start by looking at this passage again in Jeremiah 29. You may be familiar with it. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that's God's message to you right today. That no matter what's going on in your life, God has good plans for you. Thank you for that one amen right there. That's, that helps. But if God has a plan for everyone, would that include in that plan, would it include a financial plan? Anybody? Yes. I would think so. Amen. What if you went to a financial counselor, such as my wife and I did last week, to get some more <laughs> input on our future? And... You went to the counselor and the counselor says, well, I'm not going to talk to you today, but God is in the back office and he has a financial plan for you and he wants to talk to you. Would you be interested? Let's put that in this verse. Let's put that in this verse. Somebody said no. <laughs> Let's put that in this verse. Because it's true. God has a financial plan for you. A financial plan to prosper you. A financial plan that will not harm you. A financial plan to give you hope. And a financial plan for your future. But why, if that's true, when you read or watch or listen to the news, it doesn't seem like very many people are following this plan. Many people are hiding money. They're mismanaging money. They're abusing money. What will we see when we look at God's plan, financial plan for us? And let me ask you a question again as we get going. Do you think that God has a financial plan for you? Do you believe that He can give you true financial strength? No matter what your age, no matter what you've been through. Again, what God has promised, we can find in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 
And that includes finances as well. God has not given us a spirit of fear when it comes to money. God has not given us a spirit of, of fear when it comes to money. He's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind when it comes to the stewardship of what I own. I want to go through a flurry of Scriptures here just so that you can see what the writers of the Old and New Testament had to say about this very important area of our lives. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, John, one of the closest disciples of Jesus, and he said this, For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. I'm going to focus on the word torment. The word torment means deprivation. There's no fear of deprivation when you know how much God loves you and cares for you. When you really believe that God loves you, fear of deprivation evaporates. It shrinks and finally is gone and done with. Proverbs 10. The writer was probably Solomon. And Solomon wrote in the 10th proverb, verse 22, says, The blessing of the Lord enriches. And He adds no sorrow to it. If you go God's way, you'll eliminate or at least reduce a lot of the pain that comes from the pitfalls that come from following after money. Extremely important to get that in our hearts and remind ourselves how important this is. So the blessing of the Lord enriches and He adds no sorrow to it. The word enriches means that He accumulates. He, he will actually bless you to the point where you can accumulate some things. And God's not against you having some things. He just doesn't want things to have you. Does that make sense? Psalm 84, verse 11. And David writes this and he says, For the Lord God is a son. Everybody say son. Because this is going to be important. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withdraw, uh, withhold from those who walk uprightly or with integrity. Now the word sun there, you think about the sun, it gives what? Light. And nothing can grow without light. And so what this is saying is that God can shine on your life. God can shine on your work. God can shine on your endeavors to make them grow and do well. He can give you guidance. And whenever there's light in the Word of God, it's talking about God speaking guidance and understanding to us. So right in your situation, no matter where you are, and I've seen it all. I've seen some people come out of poverty and it's just amazing to watch it. And I've seen those that are wealthy continue to walk and honor God. And that's amazing just as well. Because how many of you know that there's a temptation when you're poor and there's a temptation when you're wealthy to not honor God? And to keep your priorities right, that's what we're aiming at. That's what we're after. And that doesn't matter how much you own. What matters is that our priorities are right. And notice that the sun shines. God shines light and guidance on us. And He also is a shield meaning that He protects us. And He protects what we have. And it says that He will withhold no good thing. What good thing is He talking about? In the original language, it means that this, these good things are pleasing and they're fitting for your life. They're agreeable to you. 
Some of us like crossbows. <laughs> That's a fitting and agreeable thing for me. You may not like those kinds of things, but there are things that you enjoy. And God can shine on your life to where you can accumulate some of those things and enjoy them. And God's not against you for that. And then he says that he would not withhold or refuse to benefit you with that. So God gives light in our understanding to grow and even grow financially. He protects that growth. He benefits us and he does not withhold that which is pleasing and agreeable to our best good. So here is the word I want to give you today. I want you to walk home with it. I want you to remember it. Our part is to trust Him. Our part is to trust Him. And in the opening video, we saw a dude that was given ten donuts and could not trust to give one away. So how do I trust Him? When it all comes down to is that little simple word, Trust. Trust Him with one of your donuts. You got nine more. If you bought a dozen, you got even a couple more. So, I thought about this, and I thought about my grandson. And I want to show you a little video clip. It's really short of a time when his father, or son-in-law Joe... Steelman was uh, giving Graham a Bismarck donut. Everybody know what a Bismarck is? It's the jelly filled or cream filled. Those are good. Right? <laughs> Sorry for all you healthful people that don't eat this stuff. But he's giving them, giving Graham this Bismarck, and he explains to him, this is a Bismarck. And Graham looks at that and says, I don't know about that being a Bismarck, but that's a donut. And so I want you to see this. This cracks me up. It may not crack you up. This is my grandkid, so it might not do a thing for you. I'll go ahead and show that if you can. Oh, it's a donut. It's a Bismarck. It's a donut. Yeah. It's a type of donut. taking that donut away from Graham? Because why? He only had one donut. God never does that. God never does that. He never just gives you one donut. He always gives you enough. And he takes that and he says, I want you to test me in this. If you'll cut off part of what I've given you and give it back. So why? So that the covenant of God can increase in the earth through the local church and through other ministries, then uh, if you'll test me in that, I'll show you there's a promise with that. I'll bless you again and return even more. Wow. So God really does it all, doesn't He? He gives us everything. Everything is His, right? And then He just asks us to trust Him with one donut. Not all of them, just one. I want to give you some reasons why God wants us to give a tenth. 
A tithe, if, you, if you've not been around this kind of uh, setting and this in kind of environment, you may not know what a tithe is. What is a tithe? You hear that sometimes. What is a tithe? A tithe simply means a tenth of your income. And that goes into uh, the ministry for God to do, be able to do His work. So, reasons why God wants us to give a tenth. And just to be very blunt with you, my wife and I, my, myself and her, uh, separate as adults, and then as married couple, we've tithed all our adult lives. Um, it, it's not something that's up for debate. It's something that we do straight off the top, and we give. And we do offerings on top of that as well. Um, and I can tell you this, that God has been so faithful. Now, I'm not the richest person in the world. Not, don't even desire that. But I can say this, that God has been so faithful to us in our family. And, and we've been blessed in so many ways. Uh, because of one reason, because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. So, God want, here's the first reason. God wants us to give a tenth because He wants us, and this may surprise you, but He wants us to be like Christ. He wants us to be like Jesus. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says this simply, So God created man in His own image. You're created in the image of God. And we want to be like Jesus. And the highest aim of a believer should be, as a follower of Christ, to be like Him. And Jesus Christ was a tither. He was a giver. Now, some people don't believe this, but the Jewish law demanded it. And here's something about the tithe. It wasn't just during the Jewish law. It was instituted with Abraham long time before the Jewish law came through Moses. So we have tithing, giving a tenth of your percentage of income, starting way beyond, be, 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 before the Jewish law. Then with Moses, it went up to 30%. So everybody say, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Under the Jewish law, it increased. And then when Jesus came, He condoned all of that and He did it. He practiced it too because He was a Jew living under Jewish law. So He was not only a tither, He gave much more than tithing. Whatever came into His group, He gave and He became a... He, he, he was a one that practiced that. And then after he gave his entire life, his physical life on the cross and ascended to the heavenlies, then Paul, who was instrumental in, in moving the message of Christ throughout Europe and, and all over uh, the known world at that time to the Gentile world, he also talked about tithing and how important it is giving a tenth. So, first thing that we find out, more than being just a follower of Christ, is being more like God. And God is a giver. Have you found that? Have you I hope you've started to experience that. It's one of the things that caught me was that I just found out that God was good. For the next month, we're going to, while I'm stepping back on forced sabbatical, <laughs> I didn't know this was coming, but our lead team said, you need to take some work. You've been working too hard. You, you just need to take take a few weeks off. So I'll be around, but I'm just going to watch them talk about the goodness of God. And they're going to be talking about how God 
is so good to us. Have you experienced that? I hope you've experienced that. And if you haven't, I want to tell you, I want to introduce you to the fact that God is a good, good God. I've never experienced anything like Him. He just never ceases to awe me. And I hope you have that experience as well. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. i tell you what, that's His first and His best. Jesus, His Son, was His first and His best. And He gave Him. He gave Him. Jesus was actually God the Father's tenth. His tithe to us. His first and His best. And that's what a tithe is. It's not the last and the leftovers. It's the best that we've got. A portion of the best that we've got. As soon as you see it come in, we give it. And I'm going to show you why here in just a second. But we're designed by God to be givers. We're designed to be givers. When we don't give, we don't work well psychologically. We don't work well spiritually. We don't work well emotionally when we're all hoarding, just hoarding and living a selfish life. We just don't function because we don't function well that way because God's designed us to be givers. Have you ever been around a giver? It's contagious, isn't it? And it's amazing what happens to you when you watch somebody be a giving or a giver or living a giving lifestyle. It's like, man, I want to be like them. And you begin to look for ways to give too. But when we're not giving, we we can't be free to be creative like God has intended. We can't be free to use our gifts like He intended. We and 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 be blessed like He intended when we're hoarding and we're selfish because we're not designed to be tethered to this get this we're not designed to be tethered to this thing called fear when it comes to our 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 possessions god wants us free from fear especially the fear of deprivation that we'll go without that we won't have enough Does tithing make us better people? Kind of. You know why? Because it breaks that hold of materialism on us. It, it breaks that selfishness that we all have to wrestle with. When you break that selfish spirit and become... A better giver, you become a better wife, you become a better husband, you become a better family member, you become a better servant, you become a better leader, you become better in all these different areas because it just bleeds down into every area of your life. And I tell you this, that people are looking for people that have this spirit of generosity to be on their team. They just love it. People are looking for this kind of generosity. Speaking of team... I want to bring somebody up and introduce you for the first time. Uh, She's been around and we've known her for a while now, but I want to introduce to you Andrea Seabog of Campus Crusade for Christ, if she'll just step up here. Andrea is from Columbia Rockbridge, and she's going to tell a little bit of her story, but I'm going to tell a little bit of it because she won't tell you all this kind of stuff. She doesn't look very big, she's ferocious. 
She led her basketball team. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2008. Two no, uh, high school. 2008. Oh, was that 2008? <laughs> 2008. And she can talk back, too. <laughs> she led them to a state title in 2008. Diana and I got to celebrate last week with her family as she was inducted into the Missouri Baptist University Basketball Hall of Fame last week in St. Louis. Andrea, oh, I just started. I just, you can hold your applause just for a little bit. I'm just starting. This is, this is incredible. I never knew she was this good. I knew she was good, but I didn't know she was this good until last week. Andrea is one of just five players to reach the 1,000-point plateau in the last 20 years at MBU. She ranks as all-time leader in points, assists, and steals. Talk about an unselfish person. And second in threes, this was the one that really blew me away. She ranked third in the nation in NAIA as a junior in threes percentage, knocking down 40, 40, is that right? 45.6%, and now I'm embarrassing her. 45, almost 46% of her threes. She was all-conference, NAIA, scholar-athlete, in 2010, female champions of character recipient. We got to know her and, and, and really enjoy her when our daughter, Tori, got to play with her for a couple years at MBU. Um, however, with all of these accolades, there's one thing that she cannot do. Because we took her to Arizona with us when Tori graduated from a school down there and went to the Grand Canyon, and she cannot stay out on a ledge without locking up. <laughs> she just hit that, she's like a dog in a tree, man. She's just like frozen. And I was laughing, but I was laughing from way back. Because you know, I don't like that stuff either. I'm so excited that the growth of our church has resulted in the growth of finances so that we can do more for other people. And Andrea is one that we're going to bring, I don't know how to say this, bring on our team or we're getting on her team uh, with Campus Crusade for Christ. She's, so I said, well, would you share a little bit so that we could introduce you? And, and she said, yeah, what questions are you going to ask? So I just shot her three questions. I said, who the heck are you? What the heck do you do? And the third one is, how the heck can we help? And so with that, you can take them in any order and just share what you want to share. Well, I Give her a warm Thank you. Didn't know you were going to go into all of that, but appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. First of all, thank you for allowing um, me to just be a part of all this and um, just supporting me in ministry. So a little bit about myself. You shared um, a little bit of what I had thought to, just I'm from Columbia, Missouri. I grew up there. Um, you also said maybe I could share a little bit of my testimony, so I'm yeah. just going to go with it. But um, so I grew up not going to church very consistently, so I never really understood what it was, um, like what Christianity was about, having a relationship with God. And so I came to know the Lord through a ministry a lot like the one I work for, Crew, um, where they came onto my high school campus and they built relationships with high school students. And then they would take us to a camp during the summer. And over a week-long camp um, is when I first understood the gospel. And just remember sitting out, um, the camp was in Georgia, so I was like sitting under the stars 
thinking through the first time, like, wow, I've always, if someone would have asked me, um, I believe that there's a God, but I never realized that he loves me and wants to have a personal relationship with me. Um, and I also remember reflecting on, like, wow, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm a sinner, and Jesus died for me. And if I simply believe in him, I can have this relationship with God. Um, and then the camp speaker that week also talked about how we all have this longing for something more and how even if um, we've had a pretty good life or things that we're thankful for, we can sense that there's something missing because we were created for a relationship with God. And so, yeah, just, just going to that camp, being involved in that ministry in high school changed my life, um, helped me understand my purpose and my meaning. And so it's then um, the summer after my freshman year of high school that I became a Christian, started walking with the Lord, um, and then, yeah, graduated high school in 2008, went off to uh, Missouri Baptist University, got my degree in biblical counseling. So I love just like being there for other people when they're struggling, listening, offering any advice um, that the Lord would give me. So that's just a little bit more about me and like my story and what I went to school for. Um, as far as what I do, what the heck I'm up to or do, <laughs> I have been working with Crew, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ, um, for five years in total. The first two years I was in Manhattan, Kansas um, at K-State University, and then the past three years I've been in Kansas City, Missouri. And so I thought to just share a little bit about Campus Crusade for Christ, um, maybe like big picture vision for those of you who aren't familiar. So Crew has um, been around since 1951. It's a well-known like uh, world missions organization. And so our tagline is that we're a caring community, passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. And we go on to college campuses and um, some of our, our values or something else we say is that we want to win students to Christ, build them up in their faith, and send them out to do the same. So what that means, the winning part, is we do a lot of evangelism. So like the ministry I came to know the Lord through in high school, um, crew as a college ministry, we go on to the campus, we get into spiritual conversation with students, we hope to see them come to know Jesus in a personal way. So there's a lot of evangelism that we do. Um, building students up in their faith means just discipling students that are already Christians, helping them grow, um, helping them to become more of leaders, reaching out to others on their campus. And then sending, um, that part involves we're all about global missions. And so there's a lot of unreached places in the world, um, countries where people have never even heard about Jesus and what he's done for them. And so what's really cool about Crew is during the summer, we have opportunities for students to do a stateside summer mission or go overseas and just get experience sharing the gospel with people, experiencing a different culture. Um, so yeah, those are some specific things about Crew, big picture, what we're about. And in Kansas City, Missouri, there's 30 campuses that are in our scope. So the Kansas City metro area, and I work with a team of 15 people. Um, we raise our financial support nonprofit organization. So um, yeah, and then of my team of 15 people, we are currently on seven campuses in the KC metro area, and I work on two. So I work at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and then I work at Kansas City, Kansas Community College. And both of those look a little different because at University of Missouri, Kansas City, it's an established movement. We have like weekly um, large group gatherings, weekly small group Bible studies. We as staff pour into some of our student leaders on a weekly basis there. So it's a larger, well-organized um, kind of movement going there. 
And then at Kansas City, Kansas Community College, I actually um, helped get that started last year. And so it's been really exciting this year watching it grow. Um, we now have a small group Bible study every Wednesday afternoon. So yeah, I'm just really thankful for, that's a little bit what I get to do and just thankful to be able to do it. Um, as far as how you could help me, um, prayer would be my first request. Um, I'm in a place where the Lord is just having me even some of, a lot of what you're saying, we'll have to talk later, is just speaking to me because I'm in a place asking the Lord about my future and if he's having me stay with crew um, and like for a while and then if so, maybe even go overseas myself for like a year and see if that would lead to longer. And so as I'm praying about that, I need um, clarity, courage, if the Lord would lead me to do something that feels a little bit scary to me. Um, the other option is, while I've been living in Kansas City, um, there's an organization called International House of Prayer. And um, so I've just been involved with them. And the Lord's also having me pray just about that as an option. Because the past few years, I've been growing in my passion for prayer and just really experiencing the power of it in my life. And so I'm just in a place needing clarity and um, courage if the Lord would have me to make any changes. But I love working for crew. And again, thank you guys so much just for partnering with me in ministry. And one other need um, I do have is that my, so if I have a lot of monthly partners, which just means people that say, I believe in you, I believe in what you do, I want to give um, like a certain amount every month and be on your team. So if any of you guys feel the Lord stirring that in your heart or you want to hear more about my ministry, I'll be around after um, service. So if you want to partner with me in a personal way, that would be great. But thank you again so much just for being a part of it as a church. Let's stand and reach our hands out to the Father, we want to thank you for Andrea, and we thank you for the ministry and the services she's providing. We pray for new relationships to form that will be transforming relationships, that you would use her to introduce people to you, Jesus. We ask that you would, like her request is prayer for her future. We ask that you would make that so clear what her steps are to be this year and the next year and the following year. And we count it a privilege to be a partner with her in reaching these campuses. And God, we pray for your blessing on her, that every need will be met so that she will not have to worry about her needs at all. In Jesus' name. Okay, I'm not going to go very much longer, but I want to give you a couple other things. Why God wants us to give a tenth and why it's so important. Number two is God wants us to give a tenth because it reminds you and me who the owner is, which would be God, right? And there's just something about it. It's, it's like tithing and giving a 10% is like my AA meeting. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave and I'm addicted to things. And so I have to give. And it breaks that. It breaks that. You know, uh, I realize that God is the one who is the source of all things. And I honor Him with my giving. It is a discipline. Right? Something I have to think about. It's something that you want to think about. 
because God challenges us in these areas. But once you get in the rhythm of it, it is awesome. So, Psalm 24, David said, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Number two, or number three, God wants us to give a tenth because it's worship. Let's not overlook this one. Let's not just brush right on through it because it's so important that with our stuff is a tangible way to worship. See that all the way through the Bible. And when Jesus said these words in Matthew 6, verse 21, it really rings true today for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So God wants to give you, wants you to give a tenth because, and this is number four, and and so important. All these are important, obviously, but this one, I've been learning more about this one just recently. God wants us to give a tenth because it's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. We serve a God that's alive, right? But there is also a devil who is very much alive and working. I don't want to put more attention on him than God because... God gets the glory and the honor. But we do need to be aware of His tactics. And His tactics are to steal from us, kill, from, kill us, and destroy us. So, have you ever noticed that Satan is devouring families and marriages and people and kids around us? Have you? Have you noticed that? It's because there's a spiritual warfare. And He is out to destroy but most people have no idea how to fight back. And we do need to fight back. Pray? Yes. But that's not all. Can I tell you how I beat the devil? Through Jesus has already beat him, but how I make sure I tithe. I give. I give. The more I give, the more the devil is broken. His power is broken. Defeated. Malachi chapter 3, you heard it a million times probably if you've been around. But let me read this first part of this verse again. Maybe something will stick out to you like it did me. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Storehouse meaning the temple of worship. Today it's the local church. And I will, look at that, rebuke the devourer. That's spiritual warfare right there. That jumped out at me so much. I, I have read that, looked at it, practiced it forever. And then this week I was looking at that again. It's like, oh my goodness. This is spiritual warfare when I give. I give and give and give. And God gets the glory and honor. So as I wrap up, I want to put a seed in your mind for a future opportunity on December 2nd, I want to give you an opportunity to give a stocking offering. Christmas time, right? And here's some opportunities. We're going to have a stocking for missions. And so that'll go to our local extreme life. Go to Go To Nations in Thailand mission. It'll go to 180 in Haiti. It'll go to the French-speaking nations of the world with 180. And now with crew with, with Andrea. Another stocking will be the building fund. Uh, we have a little bit to do left in this part of the building, a little bit of shiplap 
downstairs on the sidings to protect the walls a little bit better. Uh, a couple things up here. But now we want to move outside. We want to put up a good road sign. You know, all that stuff costs money. <laughs> we, we got cracked concrete out there in the, in the carport. And if you have heels, I, I noticed this at, at Andrea's Hall of Fame. Man, the women were wearing heels like that. They couldn't walk, you know. <laughs> it was just kind of funny to watch that. And I was thinking, man, I got cracked concrete out there in the carport that needs to be fixed. Because I don't want their heels to get caught in that, you know. They'd be falling two, two, two stories down. That was a joke. The general fund will be a stocking because we've still got more to do. The goal has been for the last five years to get our church to operate, listen to me closely, to operate on 90% of our income. You probably haven't heard of that much in this world, church world. And it's a rare thing. Usually churches are pressuring you because they can't meet. We're ahead of the game. We are ahead of the game. And if we can live off 90 and put aside 10% for other ministry opportunities, wouldn't that be great? It looks like next year we'll finally be able to do that. And we're committed to that. Isn't that awesome? That would be another stocking. A legacy would be another stocking. Future expansion needs. Have you noticed? Look around. The chairs are starting to fill up. Now, when that happens, here's the rule of thumb. 70% you're full. And so you have to start thinking about what you're going to do next. If you build it, they will come. That's right. Yeah. I like that. She said, if you build it, they will come. So we're already in dialogue on the lead team on what we're going to do, planning ahead for that. Um, so if you want to, I, I have a dream, and I'm just, I, I haven't got this approved, but it's just a dream of a student center. You know, to where you can have uh, all the teens in that. Or maybe we turn this into a student center and we build a, a, another auditorium. I don't know, but that legacy offering goes towards that future expansion needs. And the last thing that I have for you right now is PCFD, our food distribution. My goal is to have a building for its own out here this coming year. This will be our 20th anniversary of feeding people every month about 30,000 pounds of food every month and it's never had its own building and so fundraising is beginning already for that and that's beyond our church it's in the whole community looking for grants and everything my goal is to have that building built on a property over here the church has graciously donated property to that ministry so they can build this building on that if it ever ceases to be a food distribution or a ministry, then it reverts back to the church. Got that all thought through, but we just need the donations for that. So that may be your... All these are different passions that you may have. Let's stand and let's pray over it. I'm excited about where we're headed. And I'm excited that we're on the right course. Heavenly Father, I want to thank You for Your graciousness to us. 
And I'm not asking anybody to acknowledge this, but I know that there are people here, and it may be one of you, who are going through a financial emergency. And I want to pray for us right now as we agree together that God would show, that You, Lord, would show Your grace upon these people right now. That in this emergency or in this situation that You're in, that You will see the hand of God and that You would be free, completely free of all fear. And that You would see the graciousness of Your Savior to reach out to You and provide and that You would never go deprived. And in so much so that Your, your, your cup is so full it's running over. And giving is not a hard thing to do because of the gratitude in your heart. Heavenly Father, do that please right now. For every person, every family, every individual, every person in an emergency right now, in a situation that's difficult right now, that You would make it easier because Your burden is light and Your yoke is easy. And I ask that You remove all fear from every one of us right now. And that this money thing is a holy thing before You. It's something that we worship You with. It's something that we honor You with. And it's not something that it is a plague in our life. And I ask that You right now show every one of us the ideas, the step, give light and guidance that we need right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because You, God, own it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing as you go. We have a young man here that's part of a, a marching band. And they did really well this weekend. They won first place for, the, I think, the fourth time. And second place, very close, almost a tie on another competition. And Tucker Ball, she's back there in the media. Would you come out here? I've got some donuts for you. It's a donut. It's a... It's actually a Bismarck. Run down here. I love this guy. He started to hunt. He's a hunter now. Here, I, these are free, man. These, this is a gift to you. He's stunned, I can tell. <laughs> Congratulations. And not only that, I got donuts for everybody out there. So grab one on your way back. God bless you. <laughs>